few weeks ago, we started a, a series called Grow, and so we're going to end it today with um, how do we bear fruit as Christians. And just a couple of things before we jump into the Word. If you're joining online, thank you for uh, clicking in. If you're outside in the courtyard, uh, I appreciate you so much. Thank you for coming and being a part of, of, um, of Upper Room today, and we're just so glad that you're here. So week one, it's a four-week series, and the first week we looked at uh, the parable of the sower. So we spent two weeks in that one parable, and in that parable we find a few things. We find that there's some obstacles to our growth as Christians, and uh, so God compares kind of our hearts as, as to soil. And so within the soil, there's obstacles and things that can get in the way from us growing, and we looked at that last week. Week two, Pastor Larry Perry preached an awesome message on growing in the Holy Spirit. Uh, if you weren't here, that's a really good one. You should check it out. Um, it was a powerful message on how, to, um, how, how we walk in the power of the Holy Spirit, how we relate to the Holy Spirit, and how we begin to grow when we do that. And so today, to end the series, I kind of want to end it with the beginning. And so I, I don't have an extensive... Uh, a theological training and the little bit that I do have the one thing I remember don't remember much uh, but the one thing I remember was the law of first mention and so the law of first mention basically says you go back to the first place where something is mentioned in the Bible and it gives you the most accurate description and so the word grow is mentioned around 40 times and fruitful, right? We're talking about being fruitful today. It's mentioned around 40 times. The word fruits used hundreds of times. And so there's different meanings for these words. Uh, and so I want to go back to the very first place where it's mentioned. And it happens to be the first chapter of the first book. Uh, Genesis chapter 1. If you want to turn there, we're just going to read three verses. Genesis chapter 1. And then we're going to look at Psalm chapter 1. So go back to the beginning here. And it says that after God had created man, verse 27, he created man in, in his own image, in the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Now look at verse 28. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful. Somebody say, be fruitful. Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air over every living creature that moves on the ground. Then God said, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it. They will be yours for food. All right. So that's pretty, pretty awesome there. We're going to jump back in that in just a moment. But how many of you have like a home garden? Anybody? few y'all, okay. And so we're, we're finishing ours up. We just finished it up this week. And you may not know this, but you, you were able to build um, several raised gardens for milk and honey, which is a ministry in the inner city of Pensacola. And I want to show you how it's doing. And so check it out. So the garden that, that y'all planted, I know se um, sev several y'all were able to actually help. We built these uh, raised beds, but they're now finally producing fruit and, and vegetables. And so it's pretty amazing. Um, and, and, and so I thought it was kind of fitting because we're talking about growing. In the last few weeks, we've talked about growing. But the, what's the purpose of growth? It's not just to get bigger, right? Like we, we want to grow in our relationship with God so that we can bear fruit, so that we can see the, the, the progress, so that we can see kind of the results of what God is doing in us and through us. Um, and so we, we finished up our raised garden yesterday, actually. 
with our, our you know, third or fourth trip to Lowe's. And, uh, and we are now several hundred dollars in. Okay, and I was, I mean, I'm driving home with several hundred more dollars of stuff in the back of my truck. And I asked Caitlin, my wife, I said, how much, I mean, do we, what's the like, how much vegetables do we eat like in a year? And she's like, not that much. Uh, And and so we're already kind of in the negative here. But, uh, you know, so when when you plant seeds and you grow a garden, if many of you are doing that, if you've ever done it before, you do it on purpose, you don't do it just to, you know, just to grow, you know, grow plants. You want, you want to grow food. You want to see the results. You want to be able to enjoy it. You want to be able to share it with people. And, and what I love about Genesis 1 is that you know, a lot of times when we think about God in Genesis and Adam and Eve, we think about the thou shalt not, right? When we think about the original story and the original creation, the first, right, the first, first man and first woman, we think about the thou shalt not, because they broke the one thou shalt not. There was this tree in the garden. Uh, it, it was the knowledge of good and evil. God was like, hey, everything's yours. Enjoy it. One thing, though, <laughs> one tree. And, and we kind of fixate on that. But before God gave a thou shalt not, he gave a thou shall. And I want you to let that sit in for a moment. Because a lot of times I think we major on the minors and we know a lot of rules, and a lot of times I think the church can be really good at, at, at communicating what God doesn't like, but what is God like? And rather than Christianity being a list of things that you don't do, maybe Christianity is more about what you do. And in Genesis 1, in the original design, in the first Adam and Eve, God's first thing, first command that he gives to, to man and to us is to be fruitful. And, and, and so the blessing came, and then he says, this is what I want you to do. I want you to enjoy everything that you see here. It's, it, it wasn't a list of rules. It wasn't a bunch of, you know, hey, you know, be careful. If you, uh, there's an electric fence around the, the tree of knowledge of good and evil. If you get near it, it's going to zap you. Like, you know, it wasn't a rule-based thing. It was more, G.K. Chesterton says it like this, that Christianity was meant to, to give good things free reign, And that's what God had in mind when he created you and I. That he created us on purpose, and that purpose was to be fruitful. And so in the the beginning, in Genesis 1, we just read it. It said that the garden was full of trees. It was paradise. Beautiful, perfect. Nothing died. There was no death, not one graveyard. I mean, it was perfect. Everything was alive and thriving and getting ready for this message, I was reading this, this Jewish rabbi that, uh, that studied the book of Genesis, and that's what he does. And he talked about the paradise before and after the fall. And one of the things that he brought out was what happened to the garden after the fall. I want to read it to you first. Genesis chapter 3, it says, God speaking to Adam, the ground now is going to produce thorns and thistles for you. And you're going to eat the plants of the field. And so in Genesis 1, I didn't know any of this, so I'm going to try to explain it the best if I can, the best that I can. If you go to Lowe's, you'll see big signs out in the garden section, perennials and annuals. And some of you may know what that is. I didn't. And, and so, so, I'm going to, so I'm going to try to give it to you the best that I can, the Baghdad version here, right? Or Milton, Florida version. So, so a perennial is a plant that you can plant one time and it will continue to reproduce. You don't have to plant it again. 
So a perennial would be any kind of fruit-bearing tree, an apple tree. And so this Jewish scholar I was reading believed that in paradise, but when God placed Adam and Eve there, it was just full of perennials. So everything that was in the garden was bearing fruit, and they were enjoying the fruit from trees and perennials that they didn't plant. Genesis 3 shows up, right? We read that after the fall. There's these thorns and these thistles, and then he talks about eating plants. So that word there in Hebrew, believe it or not, actually means annuals. And so this Jewish scholar, he believed that annuals came after the fall. And so an annual has to be planted every single year. It dies. So every year it takes more work. It takes more labor, it takes money, it takes effort, it takes resources. So if you're planting annuals around your house, it's something that you got to do every single year. And I think when it comes to bearing fruit in our life, God wants us to be perennials. God wants us to invest our energy and our time in, in, in perennial type things. Part of the fall, part of the curse was these, was these annuals, and basically it's upheld by human energy. If an annual is going to be planted and thrive, you're going to have to plant it. You're going to have to sow the seed. But, but perennials are different. They just produce because that's the way God created them to be. And so for a moment, so that's, that's the what. God wants us to bear fruit. That sounds great. I think everybody in here wants to bear fruit. I want to see more results in my life. I want to see things happen, and I, I want to bear fruit for God. Well, how do we do it? I think Psalm 1 gives us a really good picture of the how. Genesis 1 is the what. God created you and I to bear fruit. That's, that's number one. All the other stuff on, your, on the list that you might be fighting in your life, if you can focus on bearing fruit for God, that other stuff will probably be, get behind you. And so how do we do it practically? How do we bear fruit? Well, the writer of Psalm 1 says this, Blessed is the one who doesn't walk in step with the wicked, or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers. But his delight, whose delight is in the law of the Lord. And they meditate on this law day and night. That person is like a tree, a perennial, planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither, whatever they do prospers. It's powerful. So let's talk about that for a moment. I, I love it because I think when it comes to our relationship with God, a lot of times we can try to go look other places for things that we need. And I think the world is full of that right now. If, if you've ever worked in marketing, you know, that's marketing 101. You want to try to get, you know, convince people that there's a product that you have, and if they had it in their life, they might be happy, or their life would be better, or, or their life would be more fulfilled. And, and, and our life in God begins and ends in Him. That everything that we need to grow and to bear fruit in our spiritual life, God has provided we don't have to look outside of him. We don't have to look out, out, outside of his resources. Now, now, they may come through other avenues, but we know that they, at the end of the day, God has provided everything we need to be spiritually healthy and to produce fruit. And I like that. It's not complicated. It's not hard. And, and in Psalm 1, we kind of see the nuts and bolts of how this happens. 
How does a person grow and bear fruit and, and see their life begin to blossom? I think there's four things in this psalm that I, I, I kind of want to pull out. And the first one is, is uh, you see two different people in two ways of life. The first person, he calls the wicked. He says the wicked is, you know, blessed is a person that doesn't, you know, sit in the seat of the scornful or stand in the way of sinners. Or You see a progression of a walking, standing, and sitting. And this person is taking in information, and, and, and what I can, the best I can tell is, it's, is they're finding information and pleasure and happiness in things outside of God. It says the counsel of the wicked, whatever that could, could mean. It can mean a lot of things. But then the person that's bearing fruit, the one that's like the tree by the, the rivers of water, it says that this person is delighting in God. Delighting in God. And I think that that's like, like step number one when it comes to bearing fruit in our life is that I bear fruit when I delight in God, when I find my happiness in God, when I find my satisfaction in God. And so immediately when I say that, I think of, well, there's times where I don't like reading the Bible. <laughs> there's times where I want to read something else. There's probably days where you get up and you don't want to go to church. It's hard to come to church. There may be a list of things that you got to get done and it's busy and things are going on. And, and so when I say delight in God, don't take that as, well, re spiritual disciplines. Think about what you love right now. So just for a moment, what are the things in your life that you love? The people that you love, sons and daughters, husband, wife, family, friends, coworkers, about the, the places that you love to go. Maybe you're here on vacation and you spent a lot of money to be here this week. Why? Is it because, you, you know, I, I mean, we have good food. We have a great downtown, but it could be because of the beauty of, our, our, of the Gulf of Mexico. So think about that. What are the things that you love? Maybe you've got a pet and a dog that you love, or maybe you love to fish or hunt or surf, or maybe there's a certain sport that you just love to do. When you do it, it brings you joy. Think about the things that you love, and I want you to connect the dot to a God who created those things. And when I say delight in God, what I mean by that is, is connecting the dots and realizing that the things that bring me joy, that are healthy, that, that, bring, that lift, that fill my cup, God created those things. My family and friends and community and the things that I love. I mean, if it wasn't for surfing, I would have probably ended up in jail or dead. I mean, honestly, it was, like a, it was like an anchor for me in the ocean. Cause I, and I didn't connect the dots until about my senior year in high school. I just knew I loved the water, and I loved being on the ocean, and, and I just felt closer to God, but I didn't know who that God was. When we connect the dots behind the things that we love, when we delight in God, we begin to bear fruit. And what the enemy wants you to do is he wants you to fulfill a healthy desire in an unhealthy way. A God-given desire, but he wants you to try to fulfill it in an unhealthy way. And when we delight in God, I, I, I'm borrowing this, so I didn't create this. John Piper says every Christian should be a, a hedonist. That we should, we should seek to find pleasure and happiness, but we should seek to find it in God. And there's nothing wrong with that. And I think that's a big push right now. People are, you know, people are, it seems to be, are, are, are struggling 
and, and they're sad and there's people fighting things in their life that we can't see. And, 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 and I think there's nothing wrong with coming to God and saying, Lord, can you bring things into my life that will make me happy? I think it brings him joy. I think that's why the, the first commandment was not thou shalt. It was, it, it was, it was thou shalt. It was Adam and Eve, enjoy this. Enjoy, this is for you. These trees, these apples, these oranges, you didn't plant these trees. You didn't sow that seed. It's, it's for you. I mean, God has put this whole world around us, and it speaks of the glory of a creator. And when we seek to find pleasure and happiness in God, we'll find it. And we'll find it in ways that we can never find it through other sources, and so this person that is bearing fruit, that's like a tree, the first thing he's doing is he's delighting in God. He's delighting in God. Again, another John Piper quote. But he says, We're most, God is most glorified in our life when we are most satisfied in him. Not how much you read your Bible. Not how many times you come to church. All those things are good. These are, but what God really wants out of your life and my life is he wants you to be satisfied in him. I don't have to go anywhere else. I'm, I'm, I'm completely satisfied. And that's when we begin to see this fruit in our life. And so he delights in the law of the Lord. And the second thing that Psalm 1 tells us is it says that in God's word, in the, in the law of God, he meditates on it. Meditates on it. And so I bear fruit, first off, when I delight in God. But then secondly, when I meditate on God's word. And I think that there's a, a difference between reading it and, and meditating on it. So when I first became a Christian, I didn't know the Bible at all. Like, I, I was raised Catholic, but I was barely there. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Got kicked out of CCD classes. Those are con so they have these classes. They're called confirmation classes. You got to go through them before you can take communion. Well, I got kicked out of mine. Uh, and, and, and so I was just a rebellious kid. I wasn't really interested in God or the Bible. But as soon as that flip switched in me, I knew I needed to get as much of the Bible in me as I could. And so I read it as much as I could. I found this little app. It's called the Bible Is app, and it will read the Bible to you. And so there was days where I would just play the Bible, and, and I'd fall asleep to the Bible reading. And, 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 but now I think that there's, you know, I think quality is better than quantity. And sometimes we can approach the Bible like it's a buffet. I just want to get as much as I want. But, but, you know, I just want to get full. But maybe we should approach the Bible like Ruth Chris. Like, I'm coming to get one thing, and that's a steak. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, I need that steak for me, that, that I need the nutrients for. And, and, and it's not so much about how much of the Bible that you are getting inside of you, but how much of it are you, are you meditating on? It's like, a, you know, you've seen those percolators, those coffee percolators. I think that's the way the Bible is meant to be. In our, when it says meditating, it's like it's, it's ruminating. We, and it could just be one verse. You know, so, so some days I may not read a chapter. I may not read 10 verses. But if I can just get one verse for that day, and it's just in my head, and, and I'm meditating on it, uh, and it's sinking deep down, and, and I just want, to, I want it to percolate. And the Bible is, we know the Bible is a map, and there's a lot of answers in this book for every area of our life. But, but when, we, when we just hit the Bible and just kind of start reading like Bible roulette, it's almost like walking around New York with a map of the globe. And we don't know where to go. And I have this map of the globe here. 
that shows the state, but I'm in Manhattan and I need to know how to get a few blocks ahead. And so when I say meditate on the word, what I mean is, 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 is now we're inviting the Holy Spirit into the process and saying, God, what do I need for today? Because here I am walking around in New York and I got this map of the globe, but I need to know if, if I need to go right here or I need to go left. And it's not so much how much that we're reading, but how much that we're meditating on that book. And I had a pastor tell me one time, and I, I'll never forget it. And, you know, I felt like I was just reading the Bible, reading the Bible, reading the Bible, and it was just going in one ear and out the other. And he, he said, Nathan, meditation, when you meditate on the Bible, meditation brings revelation. When you're seeking to, to hear from God, you, want, you need a specific answer. It, it, rather than just like, you know, starting in Genesis and reading through, it, is before you open the book, ask God to show you. Is there a verse? Is there a certain place that I need to go? When Jesus was led into the wilderness to be tempted, 40 days, no food, the last thing that the devil did to try to trick him up, again, this, we're talking spiritual warfare now, is he told Jesus to turn some, some rocks, stones, into bread. Now, he was, if I didn't eat for 40 days and I could turn stones into bread, probably would have been having some food, all right? I'd be like, bring me some butter. Uh, let's, <laughs> you know. But, but so here's the enemy using the word of God to fight the word of God. And Jesus answers in Matthew 4, man can't live on bread alone but by every word that comes out of the mouth of the Father. Now, it's powerful. So the enemy is trying to trick Jesus up with the word of God, but Jesus knew it so well, it didn't work. And so when it comes to the Bible, it's not just knowing it, but it's how do I apply it? And because and, and, it, you know, it, it can be harmful and it can be helpful. People have used the Bible to do some really bad things throughout history. And so Jesus responds, he says, I can't live but by every word that comes out of, out of my father's mouth. And so that, that word, which is an interesting word, it, it's rima in the Greek. So there's two primary words for, for the 66 books of the Bible, logos, which is like the written word, and then rima is the spoken word. And when Jesus is, 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 is fighting back, he's kind of sparring with the enemy, he, he wasn't using the logos word. He says, I, it, it's, it's the rima word, that I live by every word that I hear from God continually. And I want you to know that you can have that. I think that's my job as a pastor, is not to get you dependent on going to someone to hear from God. You don't need a priest or a pastor or the pope. You can go to God yourself. And you can hear from him. And, and, he can, and he can lead you and guide you and show you exactly what you need. Because if that's what worked for Jesus, that's what's going to work for, for, for you and I. And so it's meditating on the word. Blessed is the man who, who, who number one, he's delighting in God. He's meditating on the word. And then here's a, the third thing that I think is kind of interesting and it's important. is the location of that tree in Psalm 1. It says that it's by the rivers, it's by the stream. And so it, it has a source. And if we go back to Genesis 1, and now I didn't catch this, but I, I, I think this is really important, is we talk a lot about original sin. 
I mean, you've probably heard that term, that the fall of mankind, and we already talked about it, and it's bad stuff. You know, when we get to heaven, I'm going to ask Adam and Eve, what was going through your heads? You know, no, no, <laughs> no, what were you thinking? No, but uh, one tree. No, but uh, anyways, but I want you to look at Genesis 1 again in our original verse. And so before original sin, and we know all about original sin because we, we, we inherited it, Right? Nobody had to teach us how to do things wrong. We just kind of inherited it. Before man was originally the original sin, in Genesis 1, it says that God blessed them. And so before we have this original sin, it's, it, we have this original blessing where, where God blesses them to the point where he says, because of this blessing, you can be fruitful and multiply. And so I want to backstep it because I, I think what, what happens in our life, and this is the way Nathan Pooley does it, I make a plan, and then I ask God to bless that plan. <laughs> Lord, this is what I would like to see happen. This is where I'd like to see the church go. This is what I'd like to see in my, my family this year. Nothing wrong with having goals. Nothing wrong with that. But usually, when we do it that way, it, it can be a little bit frustrating. But what happened in Genesis 1 and what we see in Psalm 1 as well is they began with the blessing of God. And so in order to bear fruit in our life, not every good idea is a God idea. Not every opportunity that comes into your life is something that you should gravitate to. Not every good opportunity is, is, a, is a God opportunity. And so we want to begin, we want to start with the blessing of God. And I've noticed, I've talked to a lot of people over the last couple of months and even years, and, and there's a lot of people moving into this area, which I think is great. Because what they're seeing, I think from an overall perspective, is it just seems like God is blessing this area. Don't you agree with that? I mean, our city, our community, I mean, I've lived here my whole life, and it's never been this awesome. I mean, when I was in high school, you didn't go downtown. You just didn't. Like, you, there was not much going on, and you really didn't go down there, and, and now it's been transformed. And so I think there's something about being close and being in a growth environment, in fertile ground. And in Genesis 1, God places Adam and Eve, and he blesses them before they're fruitful. So they began with the blessing. And even the tree. So if you look at where the tree is located in Psalm 1, it's by the stream. And what I want to encourage you, especially if you're, you know, high school or college and you're trying to figure out what is, what does God want me to do? I would say, Lord, I want to be wherever your blessing is, <laughs> wherever you've blessed me to be, wherever you've blessed my life to bear fruit, that's where I want to go. And if that's in, you know, Kentucky, if that's in California, if that's in Hawaii, which I think maybe for me one day. I, you know, the, I think the North Shore, the mango farm, my, you know, I don't know. That's, that's what I'm, <laughs> coconut would be fine. Coconut plantation, you know what? No, but I want to be where God's blessing is. And I want to start there. And it's really frustrating when we do it the other way around and we move first and then say, God bless me here. And God's saying, my blessing's not there. I can't tell you how many stuff, how many things I've started. And if I'd have just prayed a little more, I would have saved a lot of money. All these great ideas. And, all, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. You got to sow the seed, right? You got to plant. But if I would, I think there's some wisdom in starting with the blessing of God. Proverbs chapter 1 says it like this. Start with God. The first step in learning is humbling yourself 
and bowing down to God. Only fools thumb their noses up at such wisdom and learning. And so Adam and Eve, why were they fruitful? How could they bear fruit? They were simply responding to the blessing of God. I think so much of our life in living a fruitful life as a Christian is recognizing the blessing of God and getting as close to it as you can. And if that means moving, if that means switching jobs, if that means changing friends, sometimes like, like you, you want to be as close to the blessing of God as you can. And then it's not like forceful. You just begin to bear fruit in your life. You begin to see things. It, it, it's, you know, I've never walked by a, an orange tree and heard it like, like, like forcing oranges. Like, orange, grow an orange, grow an orange, grow an orange, grow an orange. Like, like it, it just gets in the right environment. And when it's in the right environment, it just naturally, it just naturally thrives. So it's the blessing of God that we need. And without it, we can't do much. Now I want to end with this, this, last, this last parable. When, when I first, first started out in Christianity, I, I told you I didn't know the Bible at all. And uh, somebody gave me a, a Bible with a surfer on it. It was a surfer's Bible is what they called it. And so I thought that that was, that was like my, my first Bible that I kept in my truck. I read it. And, um, and, and actually, it was, just the whole, it was just the book of John. But I thought it was the whole Bible. And, and so for me, for like several months until somebody told me, hey, that's not the whole Bible. It's just one book. That was my Bible. I was at a, I was at a small, it was a youth group breakout session, and they were, all, they were all going through the one-year Bible. I'm like, one-year Bible? I read my Bible yesterday. And that's where I found out. They said, let me see your Bible. I pulled my Bible out. They're like, that's just one book, dude. That was a little humbling. But, but, I, but I really know the book. Of, if there's anything I know, the book of John, I read it a lot because that's, that's what I had. And, and uh, in the book of John, Jesus makes seven pretty bold statements about himself. They're known as the I am statements. And they build on each other. He says things like, I'm the light of the world. I'm the bread of life. I'm the door. I'm the only way to heaven, basically, is what he's saying. I'm the good shepherd. And the last statement that he makes about himself, and I'm going to read it to you. They all build on this last statement. This is where he was going. Seven statements. This is, completes the seven I am statements in John 15. Jesus speaking. He says, I'm the vine. You are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. Somebody say, bear fruit. That person's going to bear fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. That's bold. When I read that, I thought about, you know, just a few things came to my mind. When it comes to bearing fruit and growing things, you got to have patience. It takes time. And you go through seasons of hidden growth where you are connected and you are in the vine and there's no fruit. There'll, there'll be fruitless seasons. I, orange trees, sometimes they bear fruit, sometimes they don't. We've, I'm noticing with our garden every year, sometimes we have a good one, sometimes we don't. But I'm finding in my life personally that every single thing that comes into my life that kind of disrupts it, I think it's trying to break connection with the true vine. I want you to think about that. Every attack... Every diagnosis, every person that's walked out on you and it hurts. The enemy is really crafty at what he does. 
And I think that to, to us, the New Testament believer, Jesus is that, that living water. That's what he told the woman at the well. She was there during the middle of the day trying to get some water, and he told her, hey, if you drink the water I have, you're never going to thirst again. You're actually going to become a source. Out of your belly is going to flow living water. What does that mean? J- Jesus is the only way that we grow spiritually, I think, on, on this side of eternity. And every little thing that comes into our life and every little thing that happens to us, it, it can seem like it, it's just nonchalant, but it's just trying to break that connection. Trying to move you from the source. Trying to move you away from that river, from that water. I watched Roadrunner when I grew growing up. It was my favorite cartoon. Anybody ever watch Looney Tunes? Okay. You always, you remember those balls of like thorns that would just be blowing through the desert? Well, Psalm 1 keeps going and it talks about the person that's listening to the world and not taking God's advice, but trying to do it on their own. He says they're like a ball of thorns that just kind of getting blown across the desert. They have no root. They have no source of nutrients. And I Googled this this morning, so I didn't know this. Perennials, crazy. The reason a perennial is able to keep growing is because their root system's like twice as long as an annual. And I want you to see that, that the, the more that we stay connected to the source, the more that we're going to bear fruit. And so that's what you're doing right now. You're here at church. You're studying the word. You're in a community of believers. You're praying. You're in a group. You're doing things that, that I believe that brings the life of God into your soul. And the last thing I'm going to say is when it comes to bearing fruit, What I love about the way God has set it up is that we all need each other. Because I've never seen an apple tree grab an apple out of, off of its branch and eat it. Because the apple tree produces apples for other people. And when it comes to, I think, bearing fruit in our life and walking in the spirit and seeing the life of God in us and through us, Most of the time, and we could go through the fruit of the Spirit, but we don't have time. It all comes out in the way that we treat people. And the way that we interact with the the folks that we love and the folks that we go to church with and the folks that we live with and we work with. And and, and so when I say bearing fruit, don't, don't just jump to ministries or starting businesses or starting new things. All those are good. But I think at the end of the day, the way that we treat our neighbor and the people around us says a lot about where our roots are and how we're, where we're drawing our strength from. So I want you just to bow your heads for a moment. We're going to pray together. Maybe you felt kind of, you've gone, you're going through a bit of a fruitless season. You just feel like you don't see any results in your, in your relationship with God. It's been hard to pray. It's been hard to read your Bible. It's been hard to come to church. Maybe you felt like that. I just want to encourage you this morning. If that's you and you you feel that way or you felt that way for a while, it's okay. I feel that way. I go through seasons like that. I think every honest Christian goes through seasons like that. 
Jesus is making it clear to us. He says, I'm the vine, you're the branch. And your number one job as a Christian is just to stay plugged into him, to stay close to him, to stay, stay close to the source and to not allow anything in your life to disrupt that. And so for a moment, I want us just to open our hearts to the Holy Spirit. David prayed this prayer in Psalm 51. He said, is there anything in me, God, that might be breaking the source, that might be clogging that? that is there something that is it, that's keeping me from drawing the nutrients that I need? And then sometimes it's just recommitting and saying, all right, Lord, I've, I've been trying to find trying to find love and happiness in all the wrong places. And, and today is a good day. It's a great morning to come back to the source. Say, Lord, I, I, you know, this, this whole Christianity thing begins and ends with you. And I want to come back to that place where I was thriving, that place where, man, it just felt good to read my Bible. I looked forward to it. I looked forward to praying. I looked forward to, I mean, it was just, I was thriving. I want to, I want to be in that place again. If that's you, just slip your hand up. I want to pray for you. I want to be in that place again. Just slip your hand up. Thank you. Thank you. I want to be in that place again. Thank you. So every hand that went up and didn't, Lord, I just pray a blessing over their life. And, and God, I just rebuke the hand of the enemy. I know he loves to come in and he, he just steals, kills, and destroys. That's what he does. And he tries to break union between us and you. And so, Lord, I just pray for a river to flow in the lives of your people. God, that they would just, just begin to bear fruit. And, and, and Lord, that you would just bless them in ways that eyes haven't seen, ears haven't heard, hasn't even entered into their mind, the blessing that you have for your people. And so God, I just pray for that, that original, that blessing, God, on every person, every family, God, every business. Lord, every community that's represented here in this church, Lord, we, we are going to stick our flag in the ground and we're going to say, you know what, we are a blessed people. I know we've been through some stuff and you've been through some stuff and maybe it's been hard to pray lately, but God's blessing is going to overcome all that stuff in your life. And so, Lord, we just thank you so much. And we give you all the praise. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.